Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 78. Um, had a chat with Roy Phillips. He's, a, well, he lives in New Zealand. He's lived in New Zealand since 1981, but he is an English musician, um, best known for his work as the organist, uh, singer-songwriter, arranger uh, for the Peddlers. Uh, and they had a range of, of hits and they played um, relentlessly around the world across the mid to late 60s into the early 70s. Roy carried on the Peddler's name with a couple of other lineups and then moved to New Zealand, took a break from music, opened a cafe, uh, moved to eventually to Christchurch, got back into music. He continues to, to sort of tour as one man show around New Zealand. He's in the middle of a tour right now and uh, towards the end of this chat we've got some tour dates for the remaining shows. Um, yeah, so he, he plays all the Peddler's hits and he's still writing and producing music. He's got a home studio um, and he I last put out an album in 2014. He's working on a new one. Um, we talked about all of this sort of stuff, but man, this guy has some stories. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much for you. I want you to listen to it, but um, uh, first of all, we need to try and get some money from Charlie Watts. He, uh, he asks in the podcast, Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones owes him 200 quid and uh, he's, he really wants to get that back. So... Um, Roy's optimistic that Charlie might hear this podcast, so if you're on Rolling Stones fan pages, share it, get in touch with Charlie, um, tell him to sort out an honest debt, we know, we know he's good for the money. Um, so it's those sorts of yarns are in this podcast, uh, meeting Frank Sinatra, Sarah Vaughan, Donny Hathaway, huge names, you know, heroes, uh, icons, and, uh, and Roy worked with some of them, uh, met them, partied with them, uh, and he is an engaging, entertaining storyteller, so... I think I'll just leave that there, and you can look forward to to, uh, to listening to his to his wonderful chat. It was a, a real great honour to, to meet him actually, and to and to have this conversation. Thanks to as always to Yeasty Boys, Tea Leaf Tea, and Le Petit Chocolat. Um, and yeah, maybe you think my voice sounds a little bit different. Uh, I haven't told you about this, but um, I've just been battling on with um, what sounded like an awful cold week to week. Uh, some of the recordings maybe sound better than others, but just about all of the intros, I sound like I've got a cold. So I had a little surgery last week. I had a, a sinus problem um, that I have been living with for about a year and didn't want to bore you with. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, hopefully I sound a little bit better and a little bit clearer. And <laughs> thanks so much to those of you for sticking with me through a year of sounding like I had the worst cold in the world, but not having a cold. Um, they removed something the size of a jam jar lit out of my cheek. Lovely image for you. Okay, this is me talking to Roy Phillips. But I wonder if we start as near to the beginning as we can. I want to. I want to know. I mean, I know a little bit about your professional history and story, but I want to know how you find music and 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 in your life, how early you find music. Okay, fine. Um, very sort of a very very early age, you know. I'm, I was born um, during the war years, mm. and um, my father had a wind-up gramophone, mm. and he was an absolute Dorset yokel man. <laughs> the south coast of England. He was a wonderful man. There was no pretense about him at all. That's what he was. He was a Dorset man, mm. but he loved. Count Basie, he loved Woody Herman, he loved the, the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Yeah, yeah. And he had those things and he guarded those records with his life. Yeah, wow. And if we wouldn't let anybody wind up the 
the gramophone. Right, he was in charge. He <laughs> was in charge of that. And, uh, and he was in charge of exactly what went on. If anybody came and put something that was not at all not, in not any right. way good music, <laughs> yes. my father would um, put a ban sign on. on, on. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was Dad. Yeah. It was Dad that, that really said to me, you know, son, if you're going to listen to something, mm. listen to something that is right not listen to half a thing that is developing and mm. will continue to develop a hundred years after you're dead. <laughs> Just listen to what is happening now mm. and then reinvent yourself. I'm thinking, um, that, I mean, those na- there are obviously several other names, but those names you mentioned, Count Basie yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and Glenn Miller and Woody Herman, I mean, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I know that I was turned on to those at a young age. Um, all of those things by my mum, sort of via her father. Okay. Same, yeah. So same sort of thing. And, I, you know, I can remember being sort of seven, eight, nine years mm. old and being mm. kind of blown away by that stuff. And, and to this day, mm. um, you know, that happens. You have that story of how you first heard it connected to the music as well mm, so um, yeah those seem those seem like pretty good choices yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty good things to yeah. be experienced yeah, yeah. Um, so so what what lights up for you in terms of you know what do you do with that how do you find well I'd, obviously as a, a, a teenager and mm. leaving school um, going straight into any kind of music was a big no-no. You had yeah. to have something under your belt. Get your trade. <laughs> you had get your trade. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I went through an apprenticeship as a photographic engraver. Mm. So that, um, I mean, it's a now a defunct art. Mm. But, mm. Um, uh, uh, but during that period of time, I used to play guitar, you know, uh, and a little piano. Right. Uh, but the guitar was, uh, I was intent on being the best guitar player in the world. So I joined up <laughs> Everly Brothers, uh, basically copying type of band called the Dowland Brothers mm-hmm. in Bournemouth. And I was doing my own work in, uh, in the newspaper industry as a photographic engraver and then going out and performing Chet Atkins stuff. Uh, on guitar or trying mm, yeah. um, with the backing with with these two guys impersonating um, uh, the <laughs> Everly Brothers, so and that got me to start, and then I uh, got interested in uh, a, a bit of piano then, and because um, uh, Dad had bought me one, uh, and I never played it really mm. when I was a kid, mm. but uh, I used to go along and sort of look at this thing and, and put it in the two hard basket, <laughs> you know, but everybody was playing guitar, yeah, so. Uh, he, um, uh, with his guidance again, he, he said to me, you know, just tolerate this, get into it, you know, just try. Mm. It's like making a kid make uh, play the violin before he plays anything. It gives him an understanding yeah. of tuning and understanding. You know. And uh, so uh, after I'd finished my apprenticeship, after doing all this, I got um, an invite to uh, go up and record with a, a man in London called Joe Meek. Mm. Now, Joe Meek was um, um, a pop lunatic. Yeah. And, um, and so I, six years, I, I spent doing sessions with Joe Meek, um, with bands like the Tornadoes, uh-huh, yeah. uh, the Honeycombs, um, early... Um, 
early early Beatles, early Tom Jones. Mm. He had them, and he, but he, but Joe, he, he lost those guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He lost them. You know, he couldn't keep them. Yeah. He thought they were rubbish anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, the, the bass player that was going to join the Tornadoes at that time was a guy called Tab Martin. Mm-hmm. And Tab, because uh, he was taken over from a guy called Heinz Burt, who was the blonde-headed bass player of the Tornadoes, mm. but he was destined for a solo career in that thing. And uh, so the bass player and I, uh, Tab Martin, we thought, we've had enough of this because there was too many tantrums at Joe Meek's place. It was a lunatic asylum. Mm, mm. And um, uh, eventually, I don't know if you know the story, but uh, uh, Joe Meek um, shot the person that um, owned a leather shop underneath the recording studio, and then he shot himself. On the day I was going to do a session there with the honeycombs, and um, I arrived there to to, uh, the 304 Holloway Road, yeah, and uh, the police were surrounding, and they, they said, "Were well, you going?" And I said, "I'm up here with a little amplifier. I'm going to do a session." He says, "No, no you're, you're not. not." Wow. And um, okay, I did not know that part. Of this. I know yeah. a bit about Joe. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that exact detail. Yeah, that, that you were that close to his, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his demise. Uh, it yeah. was it was crazy. Wow, it was crazy. So anyway, the bass player and I, we vanished up to uh, uh, the working men's clubs and started doing the most dreadful act, impersonating. <laughs> Steptoe and Son because we thought music is out of it. Yeah. Eventually went to Manchester and uh, ended up in Manchester and um, under the auspice of a car salesman called Alan Lewis. Mm. Now, Alan Lewis, he ran, uh, I think, one of the bands that eventually became Herman's Hermits. Right. Up there. So he asked Tab and I if we put a uh, either a duo or a three piece together. Well, we advertised for a drummer, and along came Trevor Morais, because uh, Trevor had just turned down the Beatles job when um, Pete Best. Yeah, right. Had, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we rehearsed and re- rehearsed, and, and we were getting nowhere really, because we didn't have an idea. We couldn't make up our mind what genre. We'd mm, be happy mm, with because mm. uh, Trevor had come from a, a hard rock thing. I'd come from basically a jazzy type mm, of, mm. of thing, and the bass player, he didn't care what he came from, really. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, and so then the peddlers were formed. Now that that I mean, that's kind of as cra- as crazy and sort of you know um, unformed as that formation mm. was. What you're mm. saying. That kind of was happening a lot at that time, right, with those beat combos. It was pl- players like jazz drummers moving into rock or pop bands or jazz bassists or um, people with a blues penchant, but then next thing they're in a pop band and and psychedelic pop happens as a result of that. So, you, so yeah, I can see how that would happen. I mean, you're and the peddlers, when do you think that solidifies? Like, when do you, when do you get... How does that signature sound evolve, and how do you how do you become aware of what you guys are doing? You're just three people jamming with mm. abilities and ideas. How does it become the the thing that it becomes? It's well, again in, in a music shop in Manchester. I went in. I've never played organ in my life. Mm. I was still on playing guitar and and the most horrendous vox 
<laughs> a Vox Continental keyboard that yeah. squeaked instead of played. And, uh, and the guy said to me, he, if you learn to play this, he said, um, you can permanently borrow it. It was a, a Lowry heritage mm. organ. Mm. So uh, I couldn't believe my luck. <laughs> So anyway, we left Manchester, went down to London, nothing, we had nothing planned whatsoever. And we went through um, uh, the, uh, the West End of London, just looking, we didn't know much about it, you know. And when we got to, to a place in Leicester Square, we'd heard about a place called the Pickwick Club. And, uh, an old friend uh, was working down there, a guy called John Hendricks, from Lambricks, Hendricks and Ross mm -hmm. uh, fame mm -hmm. with that. And he was just doing a solo, no accompaniment, John was just singing on his own down this show business club. Mm. And so we went in there, and they actually let us in, these, these hobos from <laughs> Manchester. And, uh, and uh, in, in, basically invited us to come in there, and they gave us a job for a month because John was going to go mm, mm. touring back to, to the States. Mm. So we went down there um, for, for, for this month, met all sorts of people from the industry. I mean, people from Helmer, Torme, and all that. They, mm. These were mm. all regulars, uh, uh, Rod Steiger and all mm. those people, mm. um, members of the royal family. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it, we, we couldn't believe our luck. We'd fallen on our feet mm. in there. Mm. And uh, so... Uh, it turned into 18 months we stayed there and uh, we were doing like television shows from hell and I think it's the same as winning a lottery you know <laughs> in those mm. days mm. and we had all sorts of bands we were sharing an office uh, later on with with uh, Cliff in the Shadows and we were part of the team mm. we'd mm. never known all this be before you know <laughs> we'd just been plonking mm. <laughs> and um, uh, Sinatra came in one night and uh, in six months uh, from being there we found ourselves in Vegas you know, it was ridiculous mm. uh, uh, frying pan straight into a fire and it literally was Yeah, working with Pearl Bailey, Louis Belson and the band, Lionel Hampton you know, I was like, I'm ridiculous yeah. we couldn't believe our, our luck really. and you knew these people from records beforehand yep. in, in yep. a lot of oh, cases yeah. so you're actually, yep. you yeah. know it isn't just like mm. finding out these people mm. are amazing mm. you, you, you mm. know of them, mm. they're heroes mm. yeah, I the first night we got to, to, to Vegas one of the first nights and, and we were working at um, Caesars first of all mm. and um, I knock on the door and there's this big rotund lady, she says hello honey welcome to the States and that was Sarah Vaughan wow. and I went, oh Oh, please help me, Jesus. What's, what's all this? We genuinely didn't have a clue about mm. the rest of the business. Mm. We'd learnt a lot from uh, the people that used to come down to the Pickwick Club, the actors and actresses, because mm. we were surrounded by, I would say, uh, 20, 26 major world theatres around the area. Yeah. And of course, when they finished work, they came down to that club. Yeah, and uh, just for their relaxation, no one bothered them. Yeah. You could have Rod Steiger, uh, you name them. Uh, yeah. Richard Harris. Wow. You know, well, you had to pick Richard Harris off the floor <laughs> yeah, most yeah. of the time. You know, yeah. got a bit, got a bit rude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in, you're in there. You're playing the 
the soundtrack for like a living Madame Tussauds, you know, before. <laughs> I've never heard it described like that. That is brilliant. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. It was I mean, a real Madame Tussauds yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. Call them some ancient people. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember seeing um, uh, one night uh, that we had. Um, Princess Margaret was a regular down there, and she mm. used to come and sit down there with, with her <laughs> wee bottle, and uh, just enjoying space out. Yeah, and uh, away from because she was had been given a hell of a, a life, you mm. know, really a hell of a life. Mm. And um, the darling girl loved her bottle, <laughs> and she loved the people associated with the, the club. Yeah. And the and the entertainment industry and yeah. they treated her with respect and she treated them you know, it was a lovely family. Mm. But um and one night in there, as I say, when I first uh, had the big shock was I was sitting on the on the organ seat like that and and, and a voice says, Shift your ass <laughs> And I, I, I looked around and he says, uh, that is, it was Sinatra and he just come in there and he says what do you know? And I said, well, I don't know. What do you, what, what do you want to do? He says, oh, do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's true as God is my judge. That man mm. did that to us. The next thing, the relationship started with Torme um, uh, and and him. Mm. And uh, we, we started doing Florida and then the New Orleans and then Vegas and then LA. And uh, that's how we, we went on. Twelve seasons. Wow! Uh, over that, with that. Wow. So. wow. So, and then, how do your um, your records fit into this? Are mm. they do they happen um, sort of in between those seasons? Do you go back? Oh yeah, and make um, a record basically. It was the days when uh, we, we were doing most of our work with. Uh, we started off with Phillips Records, mm. and then we went to um, um, CBS. And a guy called Ken Clancy, Ken was in charge of CBS Worldwide. Mm. And he allowed us to go into studios with, I used to do most of the arranging for the band, mm. and um, to do these songs, but they used to give us the songs to do. He said, well, an arrangement of this, an arrangement of right, that, and right. you do it. Yeah. And that was our act after a while. Yeah. You know? And they'd give us the orchestra, the time, and a lot of money to put these things together. I was yeah. curious to know um, what your approach had always been mm. to to the covers that you do. So mm. you're saying, in, in, in some cases, the it's sort of pre-selected, pre-arranged. Oh, yeah. This is a hit, we want you to replicate this hit, or, well, or this song yeah. should have been a hit, we want you to well, do it. You see, they were already very, very established, most mm. of these songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ebb tides um, on a clear day, mm. you know, and all mm. those type of things. They were, they were established in the still of the night mm. uh, what now my love oh you know there was there's mm. hundreds and hundreds of wonderful songs mm. and uh, they wanted this young jazzy bluesy approach mm. to mm. them and by that time I was playing Hammond mm. so uh, and uh, Manfred Mann got me into that he's, he's, he he got sick to death of hearing the <laughs> the, um, uh, the the Lowry Heritage organ and um, took me along to a record shop and uh, uh, Hammond yeah. Hammond organ shop in Hammersmith in London and we I got myself a, a big Hammond mm. and a couple of Leslie speakers mm. and uh, met a, a great Hammond doctor that doctored my thing up <laughs> and I had a unique Hammond at the mm. end. but. Um, on the record situation, um, 
It was through Kenny Clancy uh, from CBS. Mm. Uh, mm. I mean, nowadays it's all changed. Mm. Uh, mm. We've got um, seventeen-year-old kids running these things, mm. you know, and it's uh, for my mind is just not a very healthy situation whatsoever because they're one-eyed. Mm. And uh, whereas we had always taught in the music industry, do not separate your thoughts, your loves, <laughs> your indiscretions. Have big ears, mm. right? And we all got worth. Mm. But um, the records were very successful for mm. us. You know? mm. um, and I quite enjoyed them. Mm. Then we started doing uh, cultural tours mm. uh, with exchange things across Iron Country, uh, Iron Curtain countries, mm. as they were in those mm. days. Mm. Uh, Czechoslovakia, Leningrad, Bratislav, uh, Moscow, with the state youth orchestras, hundreds of them, you know? And used to perform all our stuff. Yeah, wow. And they used to part exchange mm. in, in those days. Mm. Mm. But uh, mostly we used to do it with Cliff Richard. You know, Cliff would do his thing, which was totally different than ours. Yeah, yeah. And um, we'd use these wonderful, wonderful kids, you know, and believe you me, there's some phenomenal musicians. Mm. Uh, uh, some of them 13 years old, you know. Yeah. And, oh. I, I always had the impression I, that the peddlers were a very hard-working band there's yeah, such yeah, energy yeah, on the records yeah, the live yeah, record yeah, particularly yeah, but um you know even the studio yeah, records there's just this um energy about those arrangements and those yeah, performances um and we're talking the days of what two three four shows a day oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah matinees yeah, and then you know yes, like, yes that sort of thing right that's right yeah yeah and when you finish that there's a lot yeah a late night show today yeah 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 yes wow. i know uh, i mean a bit, a bit we did an awful lot of the uh, working men's clubs in England and, and, and the big uh, nightclubs mm. uh, as well. And there was an awful thing that did happen to us. We were branded the darlings of... You know, <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, oh, for goodness. <laughs> Whenever I wanted a bad yeah, boy, yeah, a bitch, if think, anything, right? Kind of a bad boy, they would, they had, they'd pick Georgie Fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, no, you, you were pretty well branded, and we mm. were branded, uh, mm. uh, because we were working with some of the top jazz people, too. Mm. Mm. Um I, I I played piano for Ketty Lester for for a while, mm. and uh, I, I learned so much from her, you know. And she had a, a phenomenal uh, keyboard player that used to tour with her. Mm. And uh, uh, my my drummer incidentally used to go with some, uh, do a night with a Francie Bolan big mm. band, you know. Mm. And Trevor would used to be <laughs> absolutely, if I may use an expression, wearing the brown corduroy trousers, right? You know. <laughs> Uh, but that's what we got into mm, mm. and the tags started happening because mm. we were doing far too many television shows far too many radio shows and people were getting pig sick of it quite honestly mm, mm. and so therefore the darlings of the business went whoa mm. let, let's space out so the band goes through until how long the early 70s yep um, no, uh, the, the, the mid seventies. See, the peddlers actually finished because I changed. I have I've had three. Right, three bands. Um, the, the original was sixty-five, I think sixty-five to seventy-one. Yeah. 
Then uh, 71 to 74 was uh, another one. Mm. And 74 <laughs> to, oh my God, I'm getting, <laughs> uh, to 78 was another one. Yeah. And um, uh, in, in amongst those, there were some great, great players. Yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, we had a New Zealand uh, boy for the for the seventies, uh, early seventies. Right, Paul Johnson. His yeah. name was, and Paul's uh, sadly gone now. But um, we got him in. He was working in Perth, this fellow, and our drummer Trevor Morace. He was leaving uh, the show. Uh, I got this, and he said an amazing thing. He says, "I'm going to go and work for Roger Whittaker." Which was totally different. Yeah, we we, we, we knew Roger because yeah. we'd just done yeah. his television shows. It could and get all more that. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Trev says, "No, I want to branch out." You know, eventually Trevor went with Bjork, right? Uh, the, the Icelandic. <laughs> mm. And uh, but um, uh, he, I forgot where I was, where I was up to then. Um, we're talking about the, yeah. the you were talking about the Kiwi that came into the oh the yeah, Paul Johnson oh. yeah. Mm. Um, we were working in a place called Gobbles in uh, in Perth, yeah, a uh, nightclub there, and the Stones were uh, at uh, um, uh, some big arena yeah, somewhere yeah. in Perth, and and Billy Wyman come along to the show because Bill was still still with yeah them. yeah, and of uh, course Billy was a regular at the Pickwick Club, you know, and uh, so we were told him. Bill says, oh, Trevor's leaving. And we said, yeah. He says, he says, there's a drummer. We've just been leading up the first part of our show. He says, you want to hear him? He says, he's, 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 he's amazing. And uh, so, where is he? And they said, uh, oh, he's, he lives at a veterinary surgeon's or something. <laughs> a, a little way. Oh, my God. So uh, we went and got this fella. And uh, in three days' time, he was in England. Rehearsing with us. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just since you mentioned um, the Stones and Bill Wyman, was was Charlie Watts a friend of yours? Was he a fan of the band? I I just know a lot about his fascination with jazz and with going along to see things. Charlie Watts to this day, and I hope he this this cast can find him. Mm. Charlie owes me two hundred (laughs) bucks. Right, we'll get on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was can, I have, can I have 20 of it yes, if, if we get it? <laughs> you know, I don't mind instalments. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, apparently Charlie left his money at uh, the hotel. Yeah. So, and he, he, he leaned over the, the, the organ. He says, Phillips, uh, can you give me a couple hundred bucks to get I need some drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to that day, the swine has not paid me. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's, uh, maybe, and you know, there's no way he can say he hasn't no, made enough God to, <laughs> to no, pay you no, back. No, no. I just it, know that he was, you know, he's known for yeah. um, being such a yeah. fan of the jazz clubs. So, yes, you know, yes, a, he was. as an attendee. Yep. Yeah, so was Billy. Yeah, uh, right. um, uh, Mick, I think, tolerated. Uh, uh, Mm. Any music from a park. Mm. Now, it's, it's, those those early days, uh, particularly in London, you know, if we yeah. just to step back a little bit, there was an awful lot of bands that used to support each other. Yeah. Um, if if one needed support, we're playing at so and so, such and such a place. Okay, they weren't the big big things right in those early days, mm. which they become, particularly like the groups like the Who. Mm. 
you know, an old Entwistle and I used to used to go out and support um, uh, the, the, the phenomenal, uh, what's it, Graham Bond set? Yeah. You know, and all these people developed through the help of others. There was none of this, oh, yeah. no, no, we're better than you and all. There was nothing like that at all. I remember talking to... Um Ian Pace from Deep oh, yeah, Purple, yeah. and and sort of talking about you know getting right into because um, I, I I sort of love drums and drummers mm. so I always end up talking lots of drums with people mm. but I remember sort of talking to him about like look there are all these you know any list of great drummers there's all these sort of guys from England from the sixties mm. you know Ginger Baker mm. Mick Fleetwood oh, yeah. you know yeah, yeah. Rara Keith Moon mm. Charlie Ringo. On and on and on, mm. and uh, and and people have different levels of appreciation of them and and whatever, but that those names come up, and uh, and I sort of was trying to ask him about how competitive it was, and he just mm. said, you know, it wasn't competitive at all. It, it, it was supportive. It was, um, you know, nice collaborative yeah. sometimes, but it was certainly supportive. We would go and check out. Mm our favourite drummers yeah, who yeah. became our friends. You know, mm, we just mm, and we'd go and see our yeah. favourite bands, and we're all doing different things. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. there was organists like uh, Graham Bond, of course, mm. and Mike Carr over there. I remember my Leslie's broke down one night. Uh, one of my Leslie's broke down and um, it, the, the news went out. You know, the next thing, Mike sent a, his roadie over and, mm. with a... You know, it, it was like that. There was absolutely no rubbish yeah, between yeah. people. Yeah. It was separation, really. Yeah. And I can't understand what it's all about today. Yeah. I can't understand it. Yeah. You know, these kids don't work together. Yeah. They don't understand each other. They don't understand that we're it's all trying to pull together. Like like a lot of things in life, we've made it about um, some idea of winning and mm. being perceived the best, you yeah. know, the highest the highest on the mountain. Yeah. So everyone's trying to scramble up mm. there mm. and, and mm. stand on the heads of other people rather than, you know, help them up with mm. them and, mm. and recognise that they could all climb mm. the mm. mountain together, perhaps. I don't know. But it, it feels like that, yeah. yeah. You know, this this fixation we have with awarding something the best doesn't doesn't you know why wouldn't you mm-hmm. you know why wouldn't you listen to a smorgasbord of music why would you know why would you focus on one thing only mm-hmm. you know as a, as a player or a listener Absolutely. yeah yeah I've got to tell you a, a, a sweet thing that will never leave my mind. Um, one of our first nights in, in, in Las Vegas, you know, we're now into the fire, out of the yeah. frying pan. Yeah. Um, Pearl Bailey was working there. Yeah. Now, Pearl and Louis used to come to the Pickwick Club mm. as well. Mm. And when uh, she, she says to us, now you, she said to, me, to, 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 to us boys, I don't want you eating this hotel crap, boys. <laughs> you come along and I'll cook you some real down-home cooking. <laughs> so we went uh, around to her apartment there at the, at the back of the hotel. And uh, in walked Dizzy Gillespie. And Dizzy put his horn down by the side of the table, greeted everybody, mm. and um, said his Baha'i prayer and uh, like that. And um, Pearly May said, everybody hungry? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's hungry. <laughs> and the next thing she says, oh, do the duty, um, uh, Diz, please. And Dizzy took out his horn from his thing and played Grace. Wow. 
Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're, wow. And there's those kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who's listening to this? That's know? that person from that record. <laughs> yeah. the, these are the yeah. big boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Far so, yeah, it was just yeah. magic. Yeah, amazing. So, I I mean, we, we can go back and fill in a few other things, but, yeah. but what I want to um, jump to is, uh, since you mentioned the, um, the Kiwi musician, uh, I guess I want to know um, how you come to New Zealand and... and, and why you know and and because what is it the very early 80s that you move here or and, uh, it was um, 1969 yeah we we'd been working in vegas mm. and when we uh, we were about to come home you see and start on the Euro- another european thing we used to do every club in the mm. in the other continent and um uh, we decided that we'd, we'd go to Tahiti just to space out for a little bit, mm, you know, and, mm. and, and get very, very drunk for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and with no work, and then go home, and then start work. And we got a call come through from a promoter over here called Phil Warren to say that one of our records was number one. And he can rig up a tour very quickly over here. And he says, can you do six weeks of going around everywhere from Invercargill (laughs) on the West Coast right the way up through Great You name it, every small place we did and loved it. It was brilliant. It was like being back in town, yeah, uh, uh, like the old days, you know, with the, all the little dungeon clubs. Yeah, 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 like over. starting out again. Fabulous. Yeah. And we loved it and adored it. Yeah. So we ended up doing, we did 12 tours in all over here. First one, 69. And the uh, I, then I came to live over here in 81. Yeah. I, I said, goodbye, cruel world, uh, I'm going to live it. Because I always wanted to go and live at Waitangi. Right, there. okay. So, and I, okay, so you, I, I did. You, you, yeah, so you had enough of an understanding of the country. You'd been here yeah, enough times. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you had your little um, spots and mm. things you knew about, mm. right. That's right. And so you wanted to, to leave the madness of... Oh, yeah. The, 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 basically, the, the music scene, you know. Mm. I, was, I was, you know, knocking up a few years then. Mm. And um, it wasn't that I wanted to give up. Yeah. I, I just, I wanted a real good rest yeah. from the whole thing. So yeah. what do you do out here? I, I heard you had a cafe. Yes, I did. Is that, was that what you came to do? Like, no, no. No, I, I, came, all... to, I came to, to, to basically to put the clogs up. Yeah. And uh, you know, enjoy the the friends that I had here. Yeah, yeah. A lot of musicians like like this wonderful man. Yeah, here. yeah. And uh, we've stuck together. Tom Sharplin, you know, Tom's my great buddy. I'm yeah. Gonna, we'll go out and stay with him soon. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, off of every genre, from country to to, to jazz yes, to yeah. to rock, you know, I got all my friends here. And, yeah, and it's that's a blessing. Yeah, but then you start you you open a cafe. Yeah, yeah. And, and you. <laughs> Um, would serve people, and then what you would sometimes play in it as well. Is that oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Play in it, and and it, it, but the, the, the whole place turned out like faulty towers. <laughs> uh, and I got more uh, complaints from. Uh, <laughs> were, you, were, you, Kiwi were you Basil or were you Major? <laughs> oh, no, no I, I don't. I was a mixture of everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a mixture. But um, I got absolutely brassed off with uh, some attitude of the real public. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, so it turned into an. Yeah, 
You know, I had a sign on the wall that said, courteous service available upon request. <laughs> and some people used to get very, very offended. Very offended yes, by we're good at that. How <laughs> dare you? But yeah. um, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, like, I had signs up in that place like, uh, um, old age pension pensioners half price if accompanied by parents and I found <laughs> that there was no humour no, happening you know no, no. But, and then Billy T says to me one day he says take them down he says no 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 he yeah, says yeah. you'll never get anywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway it took me 12 years to sell that business and then <laughs> I got back on the road again and, uh, yeah so and yeah, I was going to say so so you'd, you'd put your feet up <laughs> you you um have a complete change of pace, yeah. obviously, as as would happen making that move at that time, particularly mm-hmm. with you with your background, what you've done. Um, but you remain a music fan. Mm-hmm. You're a music fan for life, and so do you play in some capacity? Like, do you sit down at the piano and tinker? But you know, I, it's not I, for I, public, or do you I have a giant break? Or I make albums now. Okay, so it's not that much of a break. You, no, you, no, no, you no, just no. oh no no, it's no. just a break from the I grind only, from the break. from the industry and the grind, like yeah, the touring and the promotion and the had a break for twelve years. Yeah, and uh, then back into I went down to Queenstown to live for a while now, uh, and now my partner and I we're we're in Christchurch. Mm, mm. Uh, we built a studio. I'm recording albums there, mm. and we're doing tours. You know, I I support people that come like George. I, last person I supported here was George Benson. Yeah, and I did because uh, he invited me onto the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to just to open for for him on the first half, you know, which yeah, I, wow. I thought was really neat. Yeah, and I hadn't seen him since nineteen seventy or something. Wow. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's uh, amazing. You know? Oh, wonderful! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wonderful, George. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. He could still drink me under the table. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> and then I read about his net worth recently, so I, I bet he doesn't owe you um, two hundred bucks. No, 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 no. Sure, I, he, he pays for his own drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, George is a lovely man. Yeah. He's um, been there, done that. Oh, I, I, I mean, uh, I grew up um, listening to his yeah. stuff, and it's never left me. You know, I've, I've, oh, I've wow. seen him a couple oh, of yeah, times. It's nice to hear. I've seen him live a couple of times and, and mm. been blown away by it but mm. I, I guess mm. like the early early stuff is just mm. amazing mm. you know and I, I, I first met him when he was working with a friend of mine called George Mac, uh, Macduff mm-hmm. uh, the organ, organ player, player. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and that's how I first met him mm. you know. wow um, so what, what sort of things do you you know you do stuff like soundtrack stuff here um, um, you do like what TV commercials or no, no 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 not that no, sort no I don't do, I don't do that I just write I arrange mm. and record all my own stuff we'll we'll give you some stuff yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah cool and um uh, do the shows I, mostly I do so, yeah. just a solo show yeah which is like sitting in a front room yeah and we, as long as people are piled around and sitting on the lap, yeah. I'm happy. Uh, you do some stuff with Roger Fox from time to time. Oh, too. I guess I adore yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I He's good at putting together the show, isn't he? Isn't like he? he? Brings That's people in. Really I saw yeah. you with them last year with Chris Kane as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Um, we did I one met Chris. two days ago. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. At, at Palmerston. Yes. Yeah, actually, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that advertised. Yeah, with Larry yeah. Morris and, yeah. uh, and Andy That's Anderson. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because um, Chris Kane comes over all the time, and I talked to it? him yeah. for the podcast and... and 
he was really cool. You know, it was nice to talk to him because I've seen him play over the years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, so life's pretty good then. You get to kind of pick and choose now a little bit about... You can. You, you can. know, your touring schedule and that. Yeah. And you do it in this way where you catch up with friends along the way, you stay with friends, you move around the country at your pace. Yeah, you, you try to, yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, finding um, there are plenty of sort of like the rock type type gigs mm. uh, around all the the, the, the the modern popular music let's yeah. put it that way yeah and um, with my show as I say I, I have to put it in, in into into the context of a a, a very um, personal yes. thing yeah and I find it works a bit uh, I said if I see people sitting next to a, a stage I say put your feet up you know yeah, come yeah. on settle back yeah. mate you know and and uh, uh, it's still serious. Yes. But as long as there's a happy vibe and people are free and they don't have to follow, well, they follow theatre mm. type etiquette. Mm, mm. But uh, and then I just I just love to sit and rabbit to them. Yeah, yeah. And then play a certain thing, any requests, you know, all the, those type of things. Yeah. And it works great. So. Do you? Add things to your repertoire, or yeah, is it yeah. you do? You're yeah. still finding things to oh, play, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a vast with my new of, albums, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do, I of have course. to do that because we sell them, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I sell on net, of yeah, 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 as well, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 but but there's obviously a handful of things you can't get away without playing, oh, you know, that you've got to I know. Play these things, and we actually, I invariably forget them too. <laughs> but, but so you have an audience that reminds you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. they do. <laughs> oh, they certainly. Well, do. actually, we should talk about Clear Day and the Breaking Bad thing <laughs> because that's you know that's yeah. going to be of interest to people. Yes. Um, so, so what's your knowledge of that? When do you find out about that? Uh, I think I found out about. Well, straight after the episode that mm. went out, somebody mm. called me and uh, said, I've just hey, heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've just heard, you know. And I thought, my goodness, that's that's going to be good for uh, yeah. for our stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it certainly was. I, yeah. I, oh, the old CBS stuff is... So, so you're getting... And have you had a, had the situation of, like, new fans, younger people yes, actually yes. finding the catalogue right. through that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. And um, the, the last album that I made at home is called Blue Groove. Yes. And uh, it's amazing how many people come through and say, oh, I saw you on set and now you've got this other album. Yeah, Blue right. And, and, and yes, it follows on. Yeah, uh, yeah, And I am a young person, I'm a young musician, and I work in here and mm. work in there, an awful lot from America. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than I ever have. That, that, all, what that says to me about um, Clear Day and Breaking Bad is that's the, that's the power of both a great song yeah. and great placement, right? Absolutely. And great luck. Yeah, 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 for you. Great luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's a mega show, yeah. that, and, it's, um, and as with a lot of these great new TV shows, music is a real mm. key part, like not just score, but placement mm. of mm. of crucial songs yes, yes. Um, to evoke an era or mm. a mood mm. and that yeah that just strikes me as a, a really winning example of a song you know some people know and love some people never knew yeah. some people yeah. probably knew and loved it forgot it mm. found it again through that mm. so that's sort of all three that's right. versions of what could happen yes <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I've seen uh, the, it's, it's way up over the million now. I think the, wow. the, the viewings yeah, yeah. of it, yeah. and it's still going in increments of about five thousand a week. Yeah, you know, keeps going. So I don't know. Wow, how. but it, it was wonderful to to, to have that opportunity and that good luck to to, yeah. to um, uh, gain yet another ear. Yeah, I, re- I mean, I remember playing the the album, the original album at at my house a while a while back mm. and uh, you know a year or so ago and um and having someone sort of say, Oh what's this? And I said, Oh it's mm. band the peddlers and oh yeah and then nothing, nothing, nothing and then that song comes on. Mm. Oh hey, I know this. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that yeah. was their response. I, I know, know this. This is from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think everybody did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Um so what's um what what's behind the decision to play solo all the time? It's just easy. You're comfortable with it. It's I'm very comfortable with it's it. It's obviously easy in mm. terms of mm. you become your own, mm. you and your partner, you become your own travel agent. Yeah. And you know. I, I've done it for so long now. Yeah. Um, I love the, the theatre atmosphere. Mm. And I'm trying to create the, the 60s again. Yes. With my yeah. kind of music, and yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to create that. Yeah. Uh, with my new, as I call it, modern yes. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no desire to to put together a trio or to play with. I've got a trio for if, if I want one. We did um, uh, three years ago. We did a, a show called Peddlers Revisited, mm-hmm. and I use. Um, Bruce Kerr, uh, who's uh, a wonderful bass player, mm. or Billy Christian, mm-hmm. uh, is another great, great bass player, and a guy called Mickey Otutaonga mm-hmm. uh, from Rotorua, who is a fabulous drummer. Mm-hmm. And we gel very, very well. And any time I can give them a call, oh, cool. if somebody yeah, yeah. wants to do right. it. Right, so you still, yeah. Yeah, you still have your hand in there yeah. as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, we had a sold out up in Sky City. Yeah, cool. Uh, just doing that. Mm. And that was fun, too. Mm, mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think when I first heard. I mean, I remember hearing some peddler stuff like way back. I think my my folks must have had a, a record or two. But when I first sort of put it together, your name and the and and the and the band was, you know, maybe a record uh, CD you did about ten years ago. I mm. think that I'm I must have reviewed for. New Zealand musician or something like that. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think what it was called. Now, That's where it is. Yeah. Is that the, the, what, the red cover, and it had or sort of reddish cover, and and it said, you know, Roy Phillips Peddlers. Oh, Dancing with Shadows. Yeah. yeah. Dancing with Shadows. That'll be it. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. with Susie Lynch. Yes. And, and, yeah, yeah. And Billy Christian. Yes. And that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, That's that was right. that, in a way that was my kind of you know proper introduction to who you were, and then Good I realised I was kind of like as I sort of looked okay. looked it all up. I'm like, oh well, I do know this guy. I do know, mm. you know, sort of some of where he's been, and that got me, I guess, re-enthused to go yeah. back to the, yeah. you know, the peddlers and hear all this stuff. That was yeah. made up in Billy Christian's studio uh, near Monganui uh-huh. with the most incredible outlook. From yeah, the top of his studio over so, a bay. Is know? this before you get your sort of home studio together, or is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that sounds actually. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That was about ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Gosh, I, here I was going. <laughs> here I was going. Oh, it's about ten years ago. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Ne- nearly twenty. That's, yeah, it is. Far out. See, yeah. Where do we get it from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and your um, 
you're not gonna, you're not slowing down in terms of no, 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 playing. No, 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 you're probably you're no. playing more than you were in a way. No, uh, Jeff took me to the, the doctors this morning. I've got um, uh, a bit of a chest complaint, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is uh, now unfortunately permanent. Right, and uh, so I've got to be a little careful. Yeah. And it, it's, I think it's called an old man's disease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it's actually, it's, it's an emphysema. I, and it was done through um, 60 years of total ridiculous abuse of my lungs. I was just going to say, I don't think you can have abuse. the stories that you've got without a chest complaint at the end of it, right? Like, <laughs> you, you almost deserve it <laughs> in oh, a thank way. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we went down to get some more pills, <laughs> uh, and uh, but I, I'm I'm stuck with it now. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it, you can manage. Yeah, you can manage it. Yeah. You know, I'm I can't do very high notes anymore. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, to put it this way, I don't want to. No, no. I want to sit back with an audience sitting on my lap. Yeah. So I can whisper. And there's something very um, how do I put it. To me, and I'm sure for your audience they understand this very well, there's something I think very, and I want to say endearing, but I don't want that to sound too soft and too soppy, but there's something very endearing and, and dare I say important about watching the performer, the songwriter, grow old with the music, mm. you know? Yeah. I remember going to um, Chris Christopherson a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, let's put it bluntly, this guy's not a very good player. He's not, not a great guitar player he's not a great harmonica mm, player mm, mm. he's not a great singer <laughs> my god he's a great writer <coughs> you know he's amazing and these songs yeah. we know from his versions right. and other people's versions yeah. and yet there he was on stage for nearly two hours mm. with just his own accompaniment and it was one of the most spellbinding things I've seen Fabulous. because you know yeah, I because I that. just have spent so much time with those songs mm. hearing them in all sorts of different versions mm to get them from kind of the source mm. and where he's at now, you know, you don't mm. want, um, same with, you know, same with someone like Joan Baez, who mm. I think is still mm. in very good voice, but obviously her voice is changing. That's right. You know, that's another example of someone who can just hold a crowd for mm. so long because of who she is and the material. And, and I think it's the same, you know, relative to what you do, it's the same with your show. Like you have these, you have these versions of classic songs mm. and your version of them is, is the version a lot of people know. Yes. And, it, and it's possibly put them in touch with other versions of the songs through hearing yours. Mm. Well, yeah. There was another discovery the other day that my partner uh, discovered it, actually, Robin. She, she, she was listening to something and then all of a sudden somebody said, oh, sing me an old song, yeah. which was a... Uh, 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 on, they tagged it on. We made it for Phillips Records, uh, but they tagged it on to an album called Sweet London that, mm. I, that I wrote with, mm. the, the, with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. And um, I don't know if you've, you've heard that. Uh, that no, that, I don't. Uh, there was a song on there called I Have Seen right. that I wrote. I wrote the whole album with the orchestra. Yeah. And um, Zero Seven in, in England. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah, had yeah. A, a number three hit. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, it sold millions for them. And, yeah. And me. Yeah, yeah. And so I was very thrilled about <laughs> yeah. that. And, uh, uh, 
But Johnny Cash used to come into our office quite a bit. We did most of the editors he used to come into our office in mm. London, mm. and he came in one day and he says, "Look, he says I got this song. He says I don't, I don't, I, I don't want it." You know, and it was a, just a rough demo. Mm. He said, I don't want it, but it's by a guy called Glenn Campbell. <laughs> so I said, oh, yeah, cool. You know, so, and uh, I listened to it, and uh, he says, can you do anything with it? And I said, not really. Because uh, it's uh, like, sing me unknown, <laughs> song like he used to sing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, it's not me, John, you know. <laughs> so Hank Marvin says, I think you could do it. Marvin's got his ovation guitar. He says, you take the guitar, get back on your guitar stand again, mm. go and do it. And we did it. And we did it with uh, a, a girl called Doris Troy on backing singers. Mm. Uh, um, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, Joe Brown's wife, uh, Vicky Brown. Some wonderful girls, um, Madeline Bell and uh, uh, Otis Redding's sister, Beatrice. Wow. Beatrice, yeah. And they did, and we did this sort of country gospel, yeah, thing, like wow. it. Phil O'Brien rang me yeah. a little while ago, and Phil said, uh, "Hey, brother, you know, <laughs> can I have a, a story? We'd never told it before, but the strange thing is, on record, I'm credited with writing it." <laughs> And it's been like that, for, wow. and I've never even played it. Yeah. I've never even looked at it, <laughs> but I'm still credited. But it was definitely a uh, a Glen Campbell song. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All these years, 50 years yeah. of ignorance. Wow. And that's with John coming through and, and, and banging it on the table, you know. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wow. <laughs> Man. Um, who, who else... Um, have you have you formed like quite a special relationship through music with some of these big name sort of heroes that or or even just a one off sort of yeah. but a, oh, you know yeah, you've yeah, you've yeah. already shared yeah, yeah. quite a few but I, I feel yeah. like you have yeah. as many again. Well, um, my very close friend uh, was Donny Hathaway. Wow! And um, Donny used to show me things on a Fender Rhodes piano that I wouldn't believe possible. You yeah! Know? Wow. And Bobby uh, Flagg, uh, that, uh, yeah. that they both used to work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I used to go to church meetings with uh, <laughs> with Donny, and um, now uh, he strikes me as the the very epitome of what you'd say a tortured genius, though, too, right? Oh yeah, he's sad. Yeah, he's sad. Yeah, he was very obese, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, his music was the main thing in his life. He slept with that Fender Road, you know, literally. Yeah. Um, if anybody touched it, he'd go crazy. You know. I once saw his bass player Willie Weeks um, sitting on the side, sitting on his Fender Roads, and I thought Donny was going to kill him. Mm. <laughs> you don't do that. But he used to take me to um, his church, he was a very religious man, mm. and just to put me in the centre of a gospel situation. You know, I used to watch these organ players, and I'm, what? You know, unbelievable. Wow. And uh, if you want to praise somebody, for goodness sake, do it like they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Donny, uh, there, was, there was a few, a lot of actor friends yeah. know, we had there. Um, 
Well, if, if, if Robin was here, she could prompt me on, on some... Like, well, what I, what I want to get to is... is um, so he's playing one of my... Yeah. Uh, this is my one of my new recordings. I'm doing Albert Standards again. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, anyway, I mean, I, I'm enjoying the, the little background ambience. Um, what, what I'm sort of getting to is, have you thought... I mean, I've seen some of your writing on your website and that, but have you thought of formally putting down your story in a in a sort of book form? Is that uh, something you want to do? I bet you've been asked. I've is been asked. Yeah. Yes, yes. But you, what I'm what I'm saying too is, I know you can write. Mm. You know, like you enjoy putting down a few lines oh, here yeah. and there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're a good storyteller. You've got the stories, and you can write. And people have obviously asked about I've it. I've been asked to. You know. Yeah. Uh, I did a whole thing for Joe Meek when mm-hmm. he died mm. in our story, and uh, but it got I knew more about what went on there, you know, yeah, yeah. Than, than than you could possibly say. Yes, you know, I, I knew exactly. I knew he was into a, an unbelievable thing, uh, witchcraft, and mm. God knows what, mm. and potions. And you know, when I tell people these yeah, things, yeah. you know, yeah. I've seen Joe, Joe Meek, mm. um, with slathering, you know, across the floor, his eyes nearly popping out of his head. And mm. it was done through uh, uh, somebody witchcraft. Which, mm. uh, and do you remember the guitar player from uh, the Outlaws? Um, and, uh, Richie, Richie Blackmore from Deep Richie, Purple, wasn't it? Was, it was Richie's wife that got him. In right, yeah. right. Uh, uh, that, that 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 is actually how I first um, got my head around Joe Meek and who he was. Was mm. because I was such a fan of Deep Purple, mm. and that at a young age mm. that I bought this tape of all Richie Blackmore's sessions. And so heard things like the outlaws, and mm. that was how I sort of came to Joe Meek. Yeah, mm. finding out that he was this mm. again tortured genius, this strange mm. guy, but with this amazing um, track record of of these hit singles, but also these really quirky songs, you know, like really um, bizarre. Mm. Um, and that there's that outlaws mm. track where Richie Blackmore does this sort of mind. Richie. Mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, he was one of the originators of that. Yeah. During those days, I mean, there were yes. some great guitar players around. Yeah, but to me, it's him and Jeff Beck yeah. that are doing that really yeah. way out stuff in, there that, was, in that period. There was, uh, uh, that's right. And Johnny Lord, uh, yeah. we used to we used to work down a club called the Bag of Nails mm. in, in in Soho, and we'd have Jim Hendrix, mm. uh, Jimmy, you know, <laughs> would come and sit and play our stuff. Yeah, wow. Uh, and, and it was, <laughs> Jimmy used to, and everything he'd do. Jimmy, mm. he'd be sitting there. Can I sit in? Mm. And uh, you knew damn well that once he sat in, you know, the onus was not on us. Mm. It was on, on, on Jimmy. Mm. And after every song we did, Jimmy would start doing stuff, you know. <laughs> and he'd go, sorry. <laughs> he'd play again, sorry. <laughs> so what's your relationship like with the guitar? Uh, did you leave it, I, I left pretty it much left it as it was, oh, or you, you don't go back to it? No, all? and I hear right. all these guys. Yeah. Uh, another close friend. Yeah, just get someone to play if you need someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> a close close friend of mine was a guy called Albert Lee. Yeah, right. And, and I used to support Extraordinary Albert. player. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah. One of the greats. Yeah, One yeah, of the yeah. Greats. Yeah, you know, I can I can remember t- talking to Chet Atkins about uh, who he thought was one of the uh, mm. the, the great uh, 
uh, and apart from Meryl Travis, mm. um, it was uh, it was our dear yeah. boy. Yeah, he was fabulous and yeah. wonderful, lovely dear soul he is too. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that sort of hinted at and yeah. how it's playing. You know what I mean? You can, oh, you know, pers- personality is yeah. so huge in playing, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Like you can, you can almost spot what you think people are going to be like through yeah. their playing. Yeah, that's right. Because um, yeah. I, I, I keep thinking of you telling me that, and I, I suppose there are several other examples of it, but I keep thinking of Dr. John as mm. someone who, you know, started well, on the guitar, right. and, you know, mm. when you first said that, that, I just lined that up and that's was right. like, yeah, it's, that's an interesting... Worked with Atta for many years. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. It, it just, uh, it, it, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, my... my Bog standard mates that were around those days. I mean, George, George yeah. Fame. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Dear old Clive. Yeah. Um, we meet up here yeah. when he comes over. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Always, say he, always he, home, he plays you know? a bit. He's played a bit here. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, we share the same type of things. We have yeah. the same arguments. We have the same <laughs> disapproval. You know? Yeah. But uh, it doesn't, it, 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 it's continuing on from 1963. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next. Do you hear much in new music, like modern music, that, that, that you like? Or oh, yeah. that you, you know, yeah. are you still actively listening to... New things, finding new things. I try to listen to new things, but yeah. I've always strived to to use my own yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. and try to not be. Uh, 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 that sounds ridiculous. Try not to be influenced by anybody. Of course you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been influenced by every man and his dog. Yeah, yeah. even if he's a musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The conversations um, you have, yeah, the people you meet, yeah. the films you watch, the that's books right, you read. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's or one night. In a place called the Cromwellian Club in in London, mm. um, the guy that used to follow us around and, and he literally used to go from gig to gig was Rod Steiger. Yeah. Now, uh, Rod used to put makeup on. Yeah. Uh, and wear glasses, you know, and 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 uh, even a disguising himself. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did because everyone he, he yes. hated being recognised. Yeah, yeah. But it always and you used to see this. He'd be at the table somewhere sitting there. <laughs> and he'd go. Literally, yeah, and and nobody would ever know. Yeah, wow. But uh, he just loved it so much. Yeah, you know? yeah. Had to be out and yeah. seeing things, but Actually, didn't want to be. He loved Trevor on the drums, right? But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just he, you could see Rod there sitting there on the table, you know. Yeah. Well, what well, what a drummer he was, right? Yeah. Oh, Trevor, it yeah. was amazing. Um, you see, he when he lost that, he did well. He chose us instead of the Beatles because uh, Paul wanted him, mm. you know. Uh, uh, Ringo was, was quite a second choice. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but Trevor didn't suit an image. Yeah, right. He didn't suit an image, you yeah, see. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, and, and, and Richard did. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, that changed matters somewhere. So he yeah. would have joined us anyway. But uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, uh, I don't know if you ever saw shows with, with, with Trevor and us. No. Well, our show started with a song called Smile. And it was done a very, very fast bossa nova mm, type mm, of thing, mm. samba bossa nova. But before anybody 
happened on stage. Trevor used to go out on stage and he'd go, <clears throat> he'd start working on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Up the curtains, up the flies down there, go yeah. out to the audience. He's playing on people's heads. Yeah. You know, and he'd just do that whole thing yeah. until he'd built it up and he'd get on the back of the drums like that. And the stage would be in blackout. Yeah, yeah. The bass player and I would be sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as he walked up on stage, he used to go, vanish behind the fly like that. And the whole stage used to go blackout for another, or oh, I would say, five, six seconds, mm. and he would just uh, walk out and go, boom, yeah, rolling. Yeah, wow. and is he a, a massive, it worked. It worked such... Is he a massive Buddy Rich fan, I imagine? Yeah. Like, you um, can sort of hear that in his, in his command of rudiments, you yeah, know, in his solos, right, the yes. very... He goes, he goes back to that attitude. military... Yes, right. He had Buddy's attitude right, as well. Right, Yeah. But... Uh, uh, I mean, I don't imagine there were many drummers back then that weren't no. in awe of Buddy, you know, no. one way or another, right? That's like he was, you know, maybe less so these yes. days because there's yes. sport for choice yeah. now, but he was kind of the the guy at the top in yeah. a way. I mean, Keith Moon was a better drummer than he mm. than, than everybody thought, you know? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, they said, no, go over the top, yeah. you know, yeah. to which he did in every way. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, well. See, you, you know, just these last couple of minutes, this just proves you have to... You have to do some version of this book at some point. You yeah, do, you I do know, have to I do know. it. Like, I, I don't know where I got the, <laughs> the, the niche to do it, to be yeah, quite yeah. honestly. I'd have to have a ghosty yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah. But well, so. it's, you know, I mean, yes, I guess it's one thing to to have lived the life and have all the stories. It's another thing to order it, isn't it? Yes, to to yeah, order it yeah, all yeah. and to... Yeah. To, I'd be sued by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that would. Um, you just have to hope that the sales would justify that. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, you get, you know, if you're getting sued by everyone, it's good. It's good publicity yeah, in yeah, one sense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll plug these. Is there anything else you want to bring up? I feel like we've had a great chat. Now I want to. You're mid tour at the moment, so yes, we'll plug. We we'll plug what's left of this tonight. You're Thank playing you. in in Wellington mm-hmm. at the Fringe Bar, and then. Um, uh, Thursday, the 24th of August, is Gisborne yes. at Peppers Bar and Cafe. Friday, the 25th of August, is Napier at the Cabana. Mm. Great venue. And Sunday, the 27th of August, you're at Baycourt Theatre in Tauranga. Mm. And then Saturday, the 2nd of September, is at the Point Chev RSA. And all That's there. right. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so people are going to see... Um, a long, lovely, relaxed show where you chat to them, mm. play your songs from across your whole vast catalogue, old and new. That's right. And 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 sort of take requests, yeah, or, whether they want it or not. <laughs> oh, well, they want it if they're here, right? Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the general thing. Yeah. Um, uh, as long as we've got some decorum. That's, yeah. that's and new material, um, you, uh, where are you at with recording? Are you, last record was a couple of years ago? Yeah. And yeah, working on something new? Or, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm working on a, another album now called Ooh La La, which yeah. is, uh, it basically, this album is extracting the Michael, as we say at home, yes, yes. on most of the venues that we've worked throughout the world. Right. And uh, that's it, it's going to be a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. Too. So that's a work in progress. Yes, it is. Yeah. And also, uh, I've had people from uh, all over the place yeah. just suggest that, 
I put a, a Hammond thing together with the orchestral things yeah, cool. on songs like uh, Autumn Leaves. I've just brought to the, the, the demo down yeah. for what I've recorded so far for, for Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff's doing the, the horn stuff for me yeah, on yeah. there. Yeah. So, which, lovely. So, uh, maybe in a year's time, it'll yeah, be cool. out or something cool. like that. Cool. Um, and anything else? to finish on or you you happy to leave it there is there anything I should have brought up that you mm, were waiting for I don't think so I get a bit mystified with what's been going on yeah. <laughs> these, yeah. these years this is my as a professional this is my 56th year wow 56 so uh, that is a, a pro or should I say old pro um, is that big number of 60 years as a professional hanging in the in the oh in I the, hope so I hope so hanging hope, up ahead is a thing no, to tick off I hope nothing happens no 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 of course but I mean are you aware of that as a as a milestone creeping oh, up yeah, on it you yeah, must I be. suppose so yeah, yes yeah. we'll have to have a have a, a big party, party for two yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> hey well it's been um, it's been a great pleasure chatting with you and, and good good luck for the rest of the shows thank you and um, hopefully we get a check from Charlie Watts well wouldn't it if you insist on doing that could you run it twice just in case he misses it the first time thank you for thank your you. time Jealous of me